0: this one. There we go. Yeah, it's been a long time. You know, I think since the last time we were together, my little grandson Levi, since then I think he's grown a mustache. It's been so long. So you have to see him. It's amazing what happens when time passes. Um, It really is uh, great to see your faces today. Most of your face (laughs) is really different. But I got to tell you, it's a lot better than looking at a green light on a computer. To look into your eyes is so much better and to have some response this morning. So I, I'm just really glad that you're here. Um, I, I hope that you're valuing the body of Christ in a new way. I know that I am. Um, just valuing the church and what it means. And, man, when we don't have each other, all that we, that we miss by, by not being together, by not being able to learn together, by not worshiping, just sharing life together. So this is great. Um, I know that I've learned some things. We'll probably talk later about those. But it's been good. You know, I I feel like God has had a hand in this whole thing. He always takes hard things and has a purpose. And in this three months, I've been trying to figure out myself, Lord, what do you have for me? What are you trying to do in me? What are you trying to teach me? And uh, there have been some things that have have changed in my life that's been good. So um, I'm grateful for that. And I hope, too, that the Lord is doing the same for you. Um, Just a, a few, a little bit of housekeeping. Um, If you want to give, there is a slot at the back on the Welcome Center that you can give to, or you can continue to mail it in or put it in the mail slot, Uh, but either way, we'll get that. And I want to thank you for all just continuing to be faithful in your giving, your generosity. It's really been a blessing. Um, We just keep going through, so God has been taking care of us. Um, And uh, we've also been taking care of the the buildings. You may have seen some new things going on in our children's area pretty soon. There's a new fence out there. We're going to have a brand new daycare for zero to two-year-old children. There aren't many of those in Sonoma County, and that'll be opening probably in July. So just keep that in mind and be aware that's going on. People have been painting and fixing things and improving the playground and all kinds of stuff, so it's been great. And then also, if you're not on our email list, let us know so we can communicate with you things that are going on, okay? So we want you to know that when things like this happen, that we have a way of letting you know, well, here's our next step. Here's what we're doing because this has been a very unusual journey that we've been on and we need to be able to let people know that when it happens. Um, And then also regarding just meeting in person, if for some reason I'm praying Psalm 91, that we will all dwell under the shelter, the feathers of the Most High, and he will protect us from the pestilence that stalks at day and the plague that stalks you know that that is there at night and they keep us safe but if you by chance get sick within two days of today please let us know with like COVID symptoms okay we just have to do our due diligence and uh let people know and and go from there so all right well uh let's just jump i want to jump into this this morning um uh there were two fleas on the back of a dog and the one, dog, the one flea said to the other flea, I wonder if there really is a dog. <laughs> you know, and there's a lot of people today who do the same thing with God. They say, is there really a God? I wonder if there really is a God. And if there is a God, what's he like? And where do you go to find out what God is like? Where, where do you do that? You know, people do it, people go on their search in different ways. Philosophers use speculation about God. So they just start thinking in their heads what God might be like, using their greatest brain power and reasoning and rationale. Scientists use observation. They look at the world around them and try to conclude from the world that they can observe, the physical universe, is there a God? Seekers and believers rely on revelation. What has God himself said to us about himself? You know, I, I've said this already, but isn't it, isn't it, um, with all that's going on, I, I've had the sense of, you know, I just really need to hear from God. You know, we've had the, the coronavirus, we've had protests, we've had riots, we have people starting new nations in Seattle, you know, we have anarchy, We have all these voices. We have people with an opinion about everything, of whether or not you should even wear masks, you know, how far do we need to be, you know, just uh, how does this virus work, how should we respond to it. There's all of this stuff going on in our heads, just shouting. And I kind of feel like uh, old Henry Nowen, he was a a writer, who said sometimes I feel like my, my brain is a banana tree with monkeys jumping up and down inside of it. And I kind of felt like that. They're just like, sometimes, just be quiet, everybody. I just want to hear one voice. I want to hear one trustworthy voice out there. You know, instead of all this talk and jabber. And thankfully, God has revealed himself to us about who he is. And, you know, this is, uh, this is Father's Day, in case you didn't know. If You need to call your dad today or something. It's Father's Day. Happy, uh, Happy Father's Day, all you fathers out there. Congratulations. And, uh, you know, he's revealed himself to us as a dad. You know, through the prophet Hosea in the Old Testament, he says, When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. And then when the disciples were trying to figure out how to pray, they asked Jesus, Teach us to pray. First thing he says is, This is how you pray, men. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's, he's, he's a dad. And then, and then Paul he says the same thing basically in Romans 8. He says, and by him we cry, Abba, Father, in our prayers, Daddy. In fact, if you go to, I've heard this in Israel. I've heard this in the Ben-Gurion airport in Tel Aviv. It was so strange. I was at the baggage claim, and I heard this little boy saying, Abba, Abba, Abba. And it was a, a, an Orthodox religious Jewish boy calling out to his dad. They still use Abba, Daddy, in Israel today. God has revealed himself to us as father. And that, there's a longing inside of our psyche, our soul, for a father. It's there because God put it there. So we know something about him in that way. There, there was, I was watching an interview with a legendary big wave surfer. His name is Laird Hamilton. He's surfed waves 80 feet. I mean, crazy. Just would kill most of us, you know, 50, 60-foot waves. This guy has surfed. And he was talking about his family, and when he was one years old, his biological father left, his mom. He said at three years old, told the interviewer, I knew that I wanted a dad. And so, I went out and found one. I said, I found a 17-year-old young man, and I introduced him to my mom. And they got together, and that 17-year-old became my stepdad. Can you believe that? Three years old, a three-year-old in his soul knows, I need a father, I need a dad. You know, having a good dad is a great thing. Um, You know, no no dad, no mom is perfect. My dad was not perfect, but he had a lot of good things going for him that I'm really grateful for. One of the things that he was so good at, he's like a big kid, he loves to play, he loved to play. And so he would uh, take us out, we'd play football, we'd play basketball, we'd play football, we'd wrestle in the living room, we'd do gymnastics in the living room, you know. They, th- he would lay down on his back, put his feet up in there, and he'd get us so that we were balancing on top of it. We'd stand on his feet so we were going up toward the, the ceiling of the house. So he, he just, and he loved it. And we loved it. And uh, he was also an elementary school teacher, like fifth and sixth grade, so um, when he was teaching once uh we were in redlands california he decided he was going to play football with these fifth grade boys from his class on saturday morning if he didn't get enough of them monday through friday he went back to the school to play football with his his boys. and for some reason he decided to take me now i was seven years old so i was the runt out of all the boys that were there and and so um We'd go down, because I'm the runt, nobody wants me. You know, I'm the smallest, I'm the slowest, I'm the weakest. But my dad, because he's my dad, would say, Rick, you're on my team. So every time we played football with those big 10-year-olds, you know, I had my dad. And uh, when the other team sometimes would kick off, he'd catch the ball, he'd turn around and hand it to me, and he'd say, put your hand on my back and follow me. And I'd put my hand on his back, I'd stay attached to my dad, and my dad would run through those 10-year-old boys like a bowling ball going through bowling pins. They would just part. It was like the Red Sea. And I would get to the promised land, touchdown in the end zone, most of the time with my dad leading the way. It was a great thing. you know. And God, as a father, really wants to be the one that we stay attached to that leads us through all the forces, all the obstacles, all the stuff coming at us out there. The stuff that's bigger than us, like those 10-year-old boys to a 7-year-old, God wants to lead us through all that. And so we need to learn to to trust him and to know him in order to do that. So I I wanted to give us a word about God and who he is this morning. And there's lots of chapters in the Bible that you can go to or verses that talk about who he is. I want to focus on Psalm 19 this morning. If you want to get your phone out or your paper Bible like I've got, you can read along. I found it interesting in, in, in studying a little bit about this psalm. C.S. Lewis, the great writer, you know, the Chronicles of Narnia, mere Christianity. Um, C.S. Lewis said this is the greatest psalm in the Psalms, Psalm 19. That's high praise from a guy who was a literary genius. But listen to this. Psalm 19, verses 1 through 6. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. They have no speech. They use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. It's like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber, like a champion rejoicing to run his course. It rises at one end of the heavens and makes its circuit to the other. Nothing is deprived of its warmth. So the heavens are talking to us about God. The heavens declare his glory. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. You know, the glory, the glory of God, the shining, dazzling brilliance of this holy, eternal, all-powerful God. Think about it. The, most, the biggest star in the sky, in our perspective, is the sun. And it's light and it's warmth. And that's like God, whose dazzling, brilliant light. Something to reflect the glory of God, and then I think of the, the 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 skies proclaim the work of His hands. You know the things that He makes and creates and that He crafts. I don't know if you were paying attention to the uh, uh, the space launch, Elon Musk spaceship that launched from Florida, and the guys landed on the uh, space lunar the spa, uh, space station up there in outer space. That's pretty impressive, right? Here's a guy, a car manufacturer. Tesla cars down there in Fremont, California. Here he is. He makes a spaceship. And, and we're like, wow, that's amazing. But, but think about God's craftsmanship, the, a red-tailed hawk. There's a bird that, that is born, that learns all on its own to tilt its wings in the right way, to catch the wind so it can hover and spy its prey, that learns all on its own to build a nest, that learns all on its own how to mate so that it can have little babies, that learns all on its own how to raise that next generation of red-tailed hawks. And and it keeps going and perpetuating itself. There's no factory out there that's producing red-tailed hawks. You could put two Teslas in a garage and you won't come out with a baby Tesla the next morning. It won't happen. But there were with the red-tailed hawk. You will find it. And then you have all... It's one species. That's one species out of so many. Do you know how many species of insects there are in the world that they know of? probably don't know this, I think I'm the only guy who knows this, 925,000 species of insects. All doing the same kind of thing. Reproducing, living, feeding, going on generation, doing things for the earth that we need. There are 33,000 species of fish. 10,000 species of birds. uh, What is it? Some like 6,000 6,495 species of mammals are out there. I mean, that's pretty impressive, what God is doing in, in, in when he makes things on this earth. You know? And then the heavens, they're always communicating about God. It says, day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Everywhere on earth you go, if you're on the island of Fiji, if you're living in the tip of Chile, if you live in the cold tundra of Saskatchewan, Canada, God is revealing himself. He's sending a message to people through what he's made. Nobody's without excuse. God is telling us about his eternal power. He's telling us about his, 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 his eternal nature. You know? And then I love the part about the sun. You know, he's pitched a tent. The word, He says... In the heavens, God has pitched a tent for the sun. It's like a bridegroom coming forth from his pavilion. It's like a champion rejoicing to run its course. Can you see that? Kind of, you know, remember um, chariots of fire? Do, 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 do. Remember that? Do, 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 do. do. You can just see the sun coming up. And here he comes, standing at 92 million miles away from the earth. Light leaving the surface of the sun at 186,000 miles a second, reaching the earth eight minutes later. The surface of the sun, 9 to 10,300 degrees Fahrenheit. You could fit a million Earths in the sun. Here we go. Everybody, you know, just the crowd goes wild for the sun. Right now, the sun is producing those grapes on the vine and making sure there's going to be sugar in those things so there's a sweetness to their taste. And there are people at the beach. There are people in the ocean climbing out of the Pacific Ocean cold and they warm themselves up to the sun. It's just kisses their skin and warms them to the bone god has done that on earth there is no life without the sun and that's so that's pretty impressive and actually it's like one of seven billion stars if i had it in the galaxy and it's not even a real big one isn't that amazing now here's what is also so great We look at all those things where God is revealing himself to us through creation that's all around us. All you have to do is go outside and look up at the sun every day. Go outside on a cloudless night, and you get away from the city lights. Look up at the stars and the moon. But then the psalmist goes on to say, that's not the best thing. Let me show you what's better. You talk about revelation? Well, let's look at the word. Verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. So here's what God's word does for us. God's word is perfect and has the power to refresh our souls. It has the power to restore our souls, who we are, our psyche. That's the word that it is, the soul. You see, the sun can't do that. The stars can't do that. But the word of God can do that. That's why it's so superior, the word of God. It's in the word of God we realize we're made in the image of God. The stars don't tell us that message. But this word does. And the word also tells us that we're a rebel planet. That we had sin in our lives. We went astray. We broke our relationship with God. And that invited death into the world. And creation started to decay because of that decision. But it also tells us that through Jesus Christ, that there's redemption for lost humanity to restore us to relationship with God, who restore our souls, restore our bodies, restore our minds, restore our relationships. The law of the Lord is perfect. Restoring souls. And then he goes on to say God's word is right, which gives joy. Isn't a lot of our struggle right now about knowing what's right. God's word tells us what's right. We can be confident when we walk in it. And just before that, he says it's trustworthy. God's word is trustworthy. So even, even if, you, he says, it makes wise the simple. So the person who never graduated from high school, or the person who dropped out of school in third grade, If they can read, if they can pick up this book, and they can read this book, and they put this book into practice, their life is going to have more of a solid foundation than the Ph.D. teaching at Harvard. They're going to have more wisdom than that person with all the Ph.D.s and M.A.s and all the other letters in front of their names. It makes wise the simple, the word of God. And then he says, God's word is radiant. It gives light. It lights things up so you can see. You know, you know how much that means when you're in darkness, right? Like you're if you've ever gone tent camping, you, know, you have to get up at night. And it's pitch black. I mean, you're familiar with your campground during the day, but at night you're not. There's rocks and there's roots and there's a campfire and there's a, maybe a picnic table. There's stuff to run into. And what do you need? You need a light. I've got to see where, where, where I'm going to go. And that's the only thing that will get you through there. Which I thought, oh, this was, this was interesting. Yeah, this is just a fact. I, I never knew this, but I thought this was powerful about light. I said earlier that light travels at a speed of 186,000 miles a second. One light year, so some of these stars, a lot, one light year would be close for a star. I don't know if there's any star besides the sun that's even that close. So one light year is, is, is pushing six Trillion miles, which is the equivalent of going around the earth, which is 25,000 miles in circumference. This is according to my calculations, 239 million times. That's one light year. It would take you going around the earth 239 million times. before. You, isn't that crazy? In light, traveling at 186,000 miles a second, you know how fast dark matter travels? It's like 177 feet a second. You see the power of light just driving darkness out? It comes. It just, darkness is gone. It's so powerful. So radiant. And then it says God's word is firm. So when you're making decisions, you know you have solid ground to stand on. I have been feeling like, wow, it just feels like an earthquake under my feet sometimes. With everything that's going on. Where do we get firm footing? We go to the word. We read it. We understand it. We live it. We do it. So in all that, you know, he goes on to say, so we have creation to reveal to us, God. We have the word of God to show us how to walk in relationship with him and what his word will do in us once we live it. And He goes on to say, the psalmist, how, how much is it worth, the word? Look at verse 10 and 11. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the comb. Buy them, as your servant warned, in keeping them, there is great re- reward. Think about um, the people and what they've done for good flavor and food. Remember those uh, explorers from Europe, Portugal, Spain, France? They're coming to the West Indies looking for spices. Isn't that crazy? We have our spice racks in our cupboards at home. And I'm thinking, those people think they risk their lives for spice. That didn't make sense to me, but it was like, people are so into flavor. You know, sweeter than honey to my taste. I mean, that's so valuable to people that explorers would launch ships and cross oceans to get good flavor and food. Or think about money, gold. Think about the organizations and the, and the towns that have been revolved around gold. Think about the mafia and gold and money. Think about Wall Street and gold what people do for it. Think about the, 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 uh, the, the gold rush. Some of these old mining towns are pretty interesting. Um, my favorite mining town is called Bodie. And Bodie is a, a ghost town off of 395. And if, I know a lot of people in the Bay Area don't know Highway 395. You've got to travel it sometime. It's one of the most fantastic highways in this state. It's majestic. You're, you're, you're going to be at the tallest mountains in the state. It's beautiful. So uh, not too far from a place called Bridgeport, between Bridgeport and you may have seen stickers for Mono Lake, save Mono Lake. So between Mono Lake and Bridgeport, there's a dirt road that tees right into Highway 395, and it's a washboard dirt road that's about three miles. So prrr, you got to for three miles when you go see Bodie. When you get back there, I mean, it, and it's a town. It's abandoned, of course, but it's a town. I mean, you go, it's got a main street. On that main street, it's got a dentist office. It's got a a place where they they print newspapers. It's got banks. It's got a Methodist church. Um, At one time, there were 65 saloons in Bodie. 65 saloons in one town. And then the main attraction was the gold mine. And people came. Think about those guys who, who went for the gold rush. They abandoned their whole life their past life to go find gold that's how valuable it was to them and some of those guys you know they ended up in barroom fights and some guys were shot dead and there were stagecoach robberies and all of that and all revolved around gold and the psalmist is saying this word is more precious than gold than much pure gold i mean when you ever pick up a bible do you ever think that that this is more valuable than gold what This this can do for you what gold can't. This can do for you what the sun can't. Like we said, it can restore your soul. It can fix you. It can put you back together again. It can give you an ability to see. It, it can... Um, it, it allows you to um, make wise decisions and, and and have a firm place to stand in your life, and these other things cannot do that. He says if you... If you have this word and you you take it into your life, God's word is going to warn you and God's word is going to reward you. And money cannot do what this can do. So what can we do to live out God's word? To put our hand on our father's back and follow him in the way that he wants us to go? Because he's leading us to the promised land. He's leading us to where we're going to thrive and flourish. And so the psalmist goes on to say this. Verse 12. But who can discern their own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins. May they not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. So here's the first thing that we can do, is we can ask God to expose our hidden faults. Now, those are things that maybe are even hidden from you. Not just things that we hide from other people. But stuff inside of us that we don't even know. Do you ever get a, a, a hunch or sense in your life? It's like, you know, I know I'm not completely all together. But I'm not sure what it is that I'm missing. I, I've had that question in my life. What, what am I missing? That, you, know, you know, and we, we have things that we know are wrong you know a lot of us were raised you may have had a family that coached you and taught you certain behaviors were wrong certain sins there were sins that were like oh don't do that you know the nasty nine the dirty dozen the terrible ten so like i grew up knowing okay you know don't murder okay don't commit adultery okay don't lie okay don't steal okay don't covenant those are the last five of the ten commandments all right okay did pretty good with those Not perfect, but did pretty good with those. But, you know, there were some other things that were hidden. Some that I could hide from other people, or some that were hidden from me. And I I began to learn things like, um, you know, I, I had a problem with anger. And that needed to be exposed, and that needed to be dealt with. And that was like, as a boy, it's like the one emotion that boys are able to have is anger. It's not okay for boys to cry, you know, and those types of things. But you could get mad, that was okay, because that was, you know, boy, that's a man, that's a manly thing to do, is get angry. And then to realize, wait a second, that can be really destructive. That's like the undercurrent of what leads to murder. That's a big thing. That's what, you know, Jesus talked about in the Sermon on the Mount. Or I began to learn that I could be self-righteous. No, I could still have that, that be prone to that. You know, that's not good because. Jesus was more critical of self-righteous people than anybody, the hypocrites, the Pharisees. It's like, okay, so, you know, start being aware of that. And, I, and then I realized, you know, that a lot of times I'm not real gracious in relationships. I, don't, I didn't understand grace well enough. You know, that, uh, that I know you're, we're saved by grace, but what about giving grace away to other people? Or in a leadership position, you know, leadership, some people give the short definition, leadership is influence. Okay, well, I'm a pastor, so I'm a leader, so I'm supposed to influence people. But you know there's a dark side to that, and I call it manipulation. It's like I had to be aware of, Lord, when am I manipulating people? That that's not of the kingdom. That's not what you want for me as a pastor. That's not how to conduct myself and relate to people. And so God began to show me those things, and, and as he did, he began to change my life, and it's just like it was I was just doing a lot better. So what can you do, you know, for God to, to heal, to, to uh, forgive your hidden faults? Well, number one is pray a prayer of examine. Ask God to examine you. Like, if you don't know what's wrong, say, God, search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's anything offensive in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Psalm 139 at the very end. God, just examine me. What, what's off? What's, what's missing? What's a fault? And then you could ask a trusted friend or a spouse, is there something that you're detecting in me that you know, could be improved? Is there something off? That's a, that's, a, you know, that's a scary, dangerous question to ask. But you might just take the chance and say, you know, I'm wondering about some things in my life. What do you see? And then, you know, just read the word. i got to tell you, the Sermon on on the Mount worked wonders in my life. It It was so amazing how God used the Sermon on the Mount to expose those hidden faults in my life. I'm so grateful for it. And then the psalmist goes on to say, he talks about the will. So the second thing would be to submit your will to God. We have willful sins that we need to die to. Paul wrote, count yourselves dead to sin. You know, is there anywhere way that you know you're holding out on God? Is there pride? Is there greed? Is there lust? Is there hate? Is there prejudice? Is there vengeance? You know, I found it so interesting that uh, so many have labeled the police all bad. You know, in the name of not being prejudiced, people prejudge somebody wearing a uniform saying they're all that way like you're doing the very thing you're telling other people not to do to African Americans you're prejudging just because they wear a uniform i mean you know we humans are so good at being self righteous and and living by double standards and so we need to ask God is there something inside of me that needs to that I need to die to. Um, you know, the, the thing with vengeance, too, as well. You know, what did God say about that? He said, it's mine to avenge. I will repay. It's not up to the citizens of America to bring vengeance on this country. If you, if you see that, you just need to know that is not the kingdom. That is not God. That is not our position for any of us. God deals with it, not us. We start to deal with it. What do you get? You get the Hatfields and McCoys. What do you get? You get Rwanda, the Hutus and the Tutsis. What do you get? You get the Serbians against the the Bosnians against the Croatians. Whenever Whenever people try to serve vengeance on their enemies and the people who hurt them, you just get an escalated war and battle that just kills people more and more and more because we are not able to judge. We cannot do it. So an action for us to do is to simply humble ourselves. To invite God's reign into every nook and cranny of our lives. If you know something, like when I became aware of anger, that it was a problem, I began to address it and deal with it. I pray about it. Lord, teach me. How do I deal with this? You know? And so uh, that's what I want to do this morning. If I give you an opportunity, Don is going to come and play. And if there's something you know that you just say you know i need to either ask god to expose something or there's something that i'm really wrestling with that i need to die to i invite you to uh, respond we have some altars on the side you can come up to the altars and pray this morning if you want to we're going to sing this song white as snow and um, let's go ahead and stand as we close this morning White as snow, white as snow, though my sins were as scarlet. Lord, I know, Lord, I know that I'm clean, that I'm clean. God, we want to thank you for your revelation today through the beautiful world that's all around us, the blue sky and the clouds and the sun and the moon and the stars, the animals, creatures of the earth, but even more, Lord, for your word that restores our soul, that makes us wise, that gives us light, it gives us a firm place to stand. And Jesus, we want to walk forward with you as our leader, with our fa- as our father. And so we pray, God, that you would forgive and expose our hidden faults. Help us to see anything that's tripping us up, getting in our way. Maybe we, we don't even know what it is right now, but I pray your spirit would point it out. And God, I also pray you'd help us to lay down any willful sins they would not rule over us, but we would die to those things and give ourselves over to you wholly and completely. That our bodies would be given to you as instruments of righteousness. That we would taste of your goodness as we give ourselves to you. We thank you, Lord. Again, we just pray your protection over us today from any uh, any disease, any virus. Lord, we pray you deliver us from anxiety and fear. We pray that you lead us forward into the, each new phase that we come to. We pray that in these days that you'd be glorified, and you'd accomplish your purpose, not only in our lives, but in our nation. God, that you turn us back to you. Turn us from our own willful ways to bow our knees before you, to turn from sin, and to receive Christ as Savior and Lord pray this for our nation. We say it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. God bless you. Be with you. As we dismiss, yeah, the people who are especially